The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network, which can be found at cement.media. That's cement, C-E-M-E-N-T dot media. Welcome to episode number 154 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. In this episode, I want to talk about preparing for the annual performance review from both the perspective of the individual professional as well as the supervisor or manager who will be doing the review. This is a very important aspect of anyone's career because it's your opportunity to kind of shine, talk to your supervisor about what you've accomplished. But on the flip side, it's also the opportunity for a company or a manager to assess his or her people and help them to grow. I am your host, Anthony Fasano. I am a licensed professional engineer who practiced as a civil engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. Before we get started, this is a free show and our sponsors do help us keep it free, so we ask that you please support them. And now I'd like to recognize our sponsors for this episode. Firstly, Menard Group USA. Do you have projects where you are faced with building on soft or loose ground? Does it seem like all of the good sites are taken and you are always building on poor soils that are a challenge for conventional foundation approaches? Menard may be able to help. As a specialty ground improvement contractor, Menard works nationally and international providing design-build ground improvement solutions at sites with problematic soils. Menard's techniques include controlled modulus columns, wick drains, earthquake drains, vibro stone columns, dynamic compaction, rapid impact compaction, and soil mixing. Typical projects include warehouses, buildings, material storage piles, processing areas, embankments, roadways, port facilities, storage tanks, containment structures, and platforms. In many cases, ground improvement is less costly than traditional approaches such as removal and replacement of piling systems. Menard works closely with civil, structural, and geotechnical engineers to minimize foundation costs for wide ranges of soil conditions, structures types, and loading conditions. To learn more about Menard Group USA or for help on your next project, please visit www.menardgroupusa.com. Now I'd like to recognize our other sponsor for this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, Arrow Aggregates of North America. Arrow Aggregates is the first vertically integrated manufacturer of ultra-lightweight foamed glass aggregate in North America. This aggregate has bulk densities that are 80 to 90% lower than traditional fill, is free-draining and non-reactive, is made from 100% recycled post-consumer glass, and has a large void space that can be used for stormwater storage in certain applications. If your project site is challenged raising grades over soft soils or loads on sensitive utilities or structures, foamed glass aggregate can often accelerate construction, reduce project costs, and offer green credits for LEED and Envision programs. Visit www.arrowaggregates.com to learn more about this unique construction material. That's www.aeroaggregates.com. All right, so now we're going to jump into this topic that I think is really important, the annual performance review, and I'm going to give you specific steps in a framework 
to help you maximize this very important opportunity. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. In this episode, we're going to focus on one of my favorite topics to talk about, which is the annual review process and how to navigate that process as a civil engineering professional. I've talked about this in the past on the podcast, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit today and then I'm going to come at it from both sides of the equation. I want to talk about how to prepare as an individual professional, but also from the perspective of a supervisor who may be doing an annual performance review or someone at a company that's in charge of creating the annual performance review process, just to kind of give both of you out there listening some perspective, because I know we have people out there that do both. And I think that this is just such an important process in the development of your professionals and for the growth of a firm. And that's why I want to look at it from both perspectives. So first of all, why is this annual review process important? It's important for you as an individual because it really is your opportunity to show your supervisor, your department manager, you know, what you have accomplished in the past year or six months, depending on how often these reviews are done. I'm calling them annual, but they're not always annual. And personally, I think annual is too far apart. But it does give you the opportunity to discuss your goals for the upcoming year, review, of course, your performance from last year, ask for more or less responsibilities going forward. And you should really never assume that your supervisor is aware of what you have accomplished over the past year, especially if you work in a larger company. And you as a supervisor shouldn't assume that you know everything about that individual. But really, I do think that the performance review is your time to shine as an individual. It is an opportunity for you to go over what you've achieved and really talk about your progression in the company. And for those of you on the reviewing side, it is really your chance to make an assessment of someone and their performance and kind of gauge where you think they're going to go in the future with your firm. That's why this is such a powerful partnership between both sides in growing yourself as an individual and the firm. I'm going to try to frame this out in three steps to preparing for your annual review. And again, I'll take it from both sides of the equation. So step number one is to prepare way ahead of time. And I've seen both sides fail on this, meaning that an individual is not prepared ahead of time or is very underprepared for their review. And the person performing the review kind of waits, you know, to the last hour before and runs through some kind of a form. That's unacceptable to both parties. So let me start from the individual side of things. I recommend that you prepare a list of your accomplishments over the last year and you submit it to your supervisor, whoever's going to be doing your review, well in advance of your review. Do not just fill out the form that you might be given by your company. A lot of times there is a real standard form. Create your own document. And what this document should include is some of or all of the following, depending on your position. Number one, your hours worked versus the company goal. A lot of companies do set hourly goals. So that's something to definitely think about. And it may be billable hours or hours worked, whatever your company's focused on, but definitely focus around your hours. And it doesn't have to go in this specific order. I'm just running through them. Number two, all of the seminars or trainings that you have attended since your last review. This is important because it shows your company that you care about your development, especially if these are things that you've done without them. And oh, by the way, you should be doing that. You should be attending a course here and there on your own without your company's support whether it's an online course or whatever the case may be, 
again, this shows your company that you're taking the initiative. So for example, with our courses, like our engineering management accelerator, people skills course, if you took a course like ours, you can get a badge on your LinkedIn profile saying that you've taken that course, which again is a testament to you and your commitment to your development. So don't think you need to do only the standard trainings that your company offer. Doing more can actually help you stand out. Number three, you want to list all the groups or associations that you participated in. This is really important because a lot of times you might be on a committee, whether it's an ASCE or some kind of a professional association, and you're doing work outside of work hours where you're meeting with people and you're planning events. And that not only does it say a lot of, again, about your initiative and your drive in terms of the industry and your career, but it also gets your company out there, right? It helps you to represent them in a powerful way. So you need to make sure that you focus on those different initiatives in your professional associations. It means a lot. Number four, all the networking events you attended. And I understand that over the last few months with the pandemic, you probably haven't been able to do a lot of in-person events, so that may not be true for everyone. But you do want to list these networking events. In the world of civil engineering, I would say a large portion of civil engineering professionals are either doing business development or are going to be doing business development for their company. So showing the networking events that you've attended shows them, again, that you're getting yourself out there and you're branding yourself, you're building your company's brand, and you're making connections that could yield new business. Number five, any unique accomplishments that you may have had. Maybe you achieved your master's degree or you achieved some kind of award or something that isn't typical, isn't standard that happened for you in the past year. It's easy to overlook some of these things, but they can be meaningful. Number six, all intercompany committees that you served on. A lot of companies have special committees. I know that when I practiced as an engineer, I served on a quality control committee and looking into how we could, you know, QA, QC our plans. And that was a really important part of my development within the company. So specifying those things and what you do as part of that initiative or committee is very important. Number seven, any relevant statistics from your team or yourself or your projects, you know, depending on if you're a manager or not, right? Or key performance indicators, KPIs, people like to call them. Are your projects doing very well? Highlight that. Even if they're not, it doesn't mean avoid it or leave it off, but you should maybe talk about why they weren't doing so well and how you could focus on or how you are focused on improving them for the next year. Number eight, the quantity of work you have brought in. Now, this may or may not be applicable to you depending on where you're at in your career, but obviously that's a no-brainer to put that on there, especially if you brought in a couple of large contracts that obviously is, impacts the company's bottom line, which is very important. Number nine, The amount you've collected in invoices, that can also be one, again, dependent on where you're at in the company. You know, a lot of times people will measure themselves on this year, I invoiced this much money on my projects. So that's another something that can be a KPI that can be helpful. So those are nine things that you can focus on. I'm throwing out nine. You may come up with more, but I'm going to add something to this. And by the way, we're going to have show notes at civilengineeringpodcast.com episode number 154, well, you'll see the list of these items if you want to go back and take a look at it and go through it. This is a new thing related to this concept because I've had episodes on this before and I didn't mention this. The other thing that I'd like you to do in listing these nine items is list the benefits that the company receives from these items. There may not be clear benefits to all of them, but you should try to create or come up with the clear benefits for all of them. So for example, 
you attended a networking event, benefits of the company would be built relationships in this segment of the industry, which may yield new projects in the future. Let's say a unique accomplishment may have been that you received your professional engineering license. The benefit of that may be, you know, now we have another PE, which enables us to do more proposals for this agency or allows us to offer this service where we couldn't do that before. Because I think sometimes if you just list your achievements and you don't tie it back to how they benefit the company, they may be seen as empty or just not as powerful as if you provide the benefits. So that's one thing that you should do on this preparation process in this document that you're going to prepare ahead of time. The second component of what you prepare should include a list of goals that you have for the upcoming year, which is important because what this does is, again, it shows forethought. It shows that you're really thinking through where you're headed in your career. And then also you want to tie the goals back to how they're going to benefit the company. So if you have a goal of attending 10 networking events next year, the company may benefit through new projects. Another segment of this document that I'd like you to prepare is a list of questions that you'd like to ask during your review. And maybe you don't have to include them on the document per se. It might be a separate piece of paper that you bring in or a notebook. But for example, where would you like to see me in a year from now? And you want to go over these questions and get really familiar with them prior to the review. However, they can really help you to identify the career growth opportunities for you within your company. And I think without asking them, you might find yourself thinking about that and having some uncertainty around that, which is never a good thing. The last component of the pre-review preparation should be to do some salary research and have an idea of what kind of raise or salary you would like to have. You want to know this because if they do give you a promotion or if they just give you kind of a standard raise, you want to understand what the industry standards are. They may give you a 5% raise, which is great, but you also may still be 10% lower than industry standard for your position. So you want to know that and be aware of that. So if you have a number in mind and you're offered less than that with your raise, you can then ask them confidently if they could reevaluate your salary adjustment based on your accomplishments as well as the current industry standards based on your research. It just helps you to be seen as very knowledgeable, very interested again in your own career and your career progression, which I would love to see in any employee or team member that I'm reviewing. And then really it's just smart to do that, to be prepared, right? So you're going to create the document with the list of items I reviewed. You're also going to prepare some goals for the upcoming year. You're going to tie all those things back to the benefits that they yield for the company. Then you're also going to have some questions around how you may progress in the company and be prepared with some salary research around the raise that you expect to see. From the company side, if you're a supervisor or a manager and you're going to be reviewing someone, you want to kind of flip this around a little bit. If there is a form that you ask the person to fill out, you want to make sure that you get the information that you need to do a true assessment of them on that form. And if it's not, edit the form, revise it, ask additional questions. A lot of times these standard forms don't really yield what you need to make an assessment. Are you asking for the right key performance indicators on this individual's projects? Are you finding out what types of training that they did over the course of the year? Are you asking about where they want to go in their career and where they hope to be in a year from now? This is your opportunity to take your most important asset, in my opinion, which is your people, one of your people, and assess them and help them to continue to develop, to grow into that leader that you want them to be in your firm. So please prepare ahead of time for this. 
maybe even have a conversation with them ahead of time. Like, hey, I'm looking forward to sitting down on your review next week. These are some points that I really want to cover with you. So if you could think through them in addition to what we asked you to fill out on the sheet, I'd really appreciate it. Don't wing this. Give yourself at least a week or two to really prepare for this. Have a couple of sessions where you sit down, you go through what you want to get out of it. It really is important. Your people are everything to you and you need to focus on that. So that's kind of step one, preparing way ahead of time. Now, before I jump into the next step, I would like to take a moment here and pause and recognize our sponsor for this episode, the American Concrete Institute. Are you a member of the American Concrete Institute? ACI is a worldwide community of 30,000 professionals, educators, and students in more than 100 countries. The premier global community dedicated to the best use of concrete. ACI members push the concrete industry further, adapting to new technology, investing in their careers, and dedicated to improving concrete design, materials, and construction. You don't have to be an ACI member to work in the concrete industry, but if you want to exceed expectations in it, there's no better place to be. Whether you're a student just starting out or have years under your belt, ACI membership ensures that no matter what changes the world brings, you'll be prepared to thrive and your life's work will last for generations. Right now, ACI is offering a $30 discount on new individual and young professional memberships. And by the way, student memberships are free. Join ACI today at concrete.org forward slash podcast 30. That's concrete, C-O-N-C-R-E-T-E dot O-R-G forward slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T, the number three, the number zero, podcast 30. By the way, that's exactly what I'm talking about. If you join an organization like ACI, that needs to be included on that preparation document for your annual performance review. These memberships and what you do in those associations is critical. Step number two is to submit this document to your supervisor at least 30 days prior to your annual review meeting. At least 30 days. And I say that with emphasis because if you don't give it to them 30 days in advance, these are busy professionals. They may not look at it. And the whole point of this is you want them to look at this beforehand. The point of this is you want them to base your salary adjustment on your accomplishments over the last year. And if you hope that you're just going to go into the review and review everything with them, they already have your salary adjustment made by the time they sit down with you. It's already done. The paperwork's filled out. So the whole point of getting this in early is to consider it. And then on the flip side, if you, again, if you are the supervisor or the manager reviewing the individual, try to really make sure that when you're doing a salary adjustment for that person, you do take into account their accomplishments. You do look at them versus the industry scale or the industry average. It's fair to them, and it's something that you should really do on a regular basis with all of your professionals, and the annual review process is the perfect time to do that. And again, my own personal opinion on this is that one year is too long of a time to do these types of assessments with your team members, but unfortunately in the engineering world, it's mostly done on an annual basis. But if you can change that and do every six months or do once a year with some check-ins on a quarterly basis... I think it's a much better approach in ensuring that that person stays engaged with your firm and on their career progression, which is ultimately going to help them, you as the manager, and the firm overall. So step number one, you're prepping the doc. Step number two, you're submitting it 30 days before, and that's its own step because it's critical. 
So if you don't get it in in time, it defeats the purpose. And then step number three is to review this document almost daily for that 30-day stretch until you get to your annual performance review. You want to know that inside and out. You want to go into that. Remember when you were trying to find a job and you prepared so much for job interviews? You want to prepare the same way for your annual review. Because if you don't prepare for it in that way, you could miss a major opportunity. You have no idea what they're going to ask you in there. They might ask you to switch offices. They might ask you to take on a new role or new responsibilities. They might ask you to drill down each of your accomplishments and what you think was the best accomplishment. Maybe you tried to pass the PE exam and you didn't. You should address that because they may ask you to address it. The reason I make this also a step on its own is because it seems that we spend so much time on our projects and our client meetings and all that stuff, which is really important. But when it comes to our own review process, our own career progression and development, we just don't spend as much time. So I want you to really make it a key component of your annual career development efforts is this annual review process and prepping for it, submitting the documentation on time, and then reviewing the document and preparing for that day. And then, of course, the big day will come. You're going to sit down with your supervisor. You're going to go through the annual review, and you're going to hope that maybe you get a promotion or you get a raise that you wanted. But remember, you may not get that promotion. If you don't, you should be prepared to ask your supervisor why you didn't get the promotion or why you didn't get the raise that you wanted. This is your opportunity to have the open conversations and be transparent with everybody. And the same goes for you as the supervisor doing the review. If you didn't think that the person was where they should be, which is why they didn't get the raise or the promotion they wanted, you need to be transparent and explain that to them and tell them why they fell short. When you get into the review process or the review meeting itself, I would just ask your supervisor if they're okay with you going through your documentation, reviewing everything, and then asking them some questions. You don't want to just take over the review meeting, but you do want to ask if you can go through that documentation. And hopefully, if you gave it to them 30 days in advance and they had a chance to review it and you prepared accordingly, you should be able to have a real constructive conversation. The one thing that I want to mention to you and just reinforce about this meeting is that you want to ask for whatever you want in terms of your career progression or opportunities in this meeting. I had a manager when I practiced as an engineer who always told me the squeaky wheel gets the oil. If you want to work on certain kind of projects, ask. If you want to work with certain clients, ask. If you want to attend planning board meetings to learn, ask. Ask for whatever you want. And if they say no, that's fine. But at least not only did you ask, but they're aware of what you're interested in. They see your motivation and your passion for what you do. And as a supervisor, at least for me, that speaks volumes. So be vocal about that. And on the flip side, if you're a supervisor and you're not hearing those things from the person you're reviewing, challenge them. Challenge them on what you want them to accomplish this year. Let them know that you think they can do more or tell them that they did a great job. And this is specifically what you like about the way that they work. This is really your chance to be vocal about things that we don't often talk about because we're too busy with our projects and they're not always comfortable to talk about, quite frankly. So really take the time to connect with your employee, your team member, your colleague in this situation, however it works out for you, and make those connections, understand kind of what makes them tick and what they want in their career, and let them know how the company can provide that as long as you work in a partnership together. 
I really believe that if you go through the processes I've laid out here and you utilize some of these strategies, it will really allow you as a professional to capitalize on all of the hard work and long hours that you put in over the past year. And it's sad to say this, but sometimes the only thing that stops us from getting a raise or a promotion in our current position is that we don't ask for it. Sometimes that sounds too aggressive, but it's not. It really isn't. It's something that we need to do. You need to go for it. You deserve it. You should go for it. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast. It really is one of those 80-20 drivers that if you focus on a solid preparation process for your annual performance review, you can really get the most out of your career, not just in getting a better raise, but getting more engagement being really focused on where you're headed with your company and building a relationship with your supervisor. And from the flip side, it really is your chance as a supervisor or manager to assess your people and help them grow, ultimately helping the company grow. Just a few last announcements. We have started a new podcast called This Week in Civil Engineering, which will give you the latest news in the civil, structural, and geotechnical engineering world, which you can find at twice.news. That's twice.news. It'll just give you that 15 to 20 minute update every week so that you're a well-rounded civil engineering professional. We've also launched our Civil Engineering Collective, which is a training program where civil engineering companies can enroll and we cover topics related to civil engineering in every aspect. We've already had a couple of sessions, one on leading remote teams and one on the power of public perception for your projects where Sam Little talked about 3D visualization and how you can use that in your projects. You could check all this out, including our upcoming sessions at civilengineeringcollective.com. Again, that's civilengineeringcollective.com. And remember, you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 154. There you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, including the list of items that I recommended you use in preparing your annual performance preparation document. And until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network. The opinions on the show are those of the hosts and guests, not their employers. For information on EMI's people and project management skills training programs for civil engineering professionals, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.